Well, instead, we're going to talk about the water. Now, check it out. The government's been relaxing social distancing measures lately, as you know, such as letting bars and sports facilities open. But what about the beaches? That's being talked about quite a lot. All the government's beaches have been closed since mid-July, presumably to stop people gathering in groups and reduce the spread of coronavirus. Barriers have been put up at these beaches and anyone trying to access the beach is usually chased away by the government staff, you know, over the fence to the bit that isn't within the shark net, etc. Of course, the ocean isn't closed, so if you go near to any government beach, you can usually see people swimming all over the place. And there are countless other beaches in Hong Kong which are not gazetted beaches and therefore Four, technically not closed and they're crowded with people at the weekends well it's very confusing doug woodring's the founder of director of ocean recovery alliance which campaigns for cleaning up the oceans he says there are ways for the government to reopen the beaches and still abide by social distancing hello doug how are you Hi, Phil. How are you? I'm great to great. be back. Yeah, super duper. Doug sent me a list of various bits and pieces he wants to talk about this morning. But how about we address this, should we stay or should we go a bit on the beaches, first of all? Yeah, of course. Um, you know, this feels like it's uh, something that Hong Kong forgot. Uh, it's opening sports facilities, pools, karaoke lounges. We've had restaurants open. But the beaches in our coastline are still closed, and uh, they were shut in mid-July. Maybe a bit of a knee-jerk reaction because the weather was so great. And when the weather's great and people are cooped up in their homes, they want to go out. And so they went hiking into the beaches, and the beaches were something the government could control a bit. And, uh, you know, at that time, it was the next wave, and that's okay. But now we've, uh, we've overcome that. And you said forgot, Doug. I mean, you know, just as I said a moment ago, there are bits that are closed. And then outside the shark net, so they can't forget because it's right in front of their noses. Is this just in the too hard box? or do they? Well, that's a great question. And I asked someone, uh, I was also trying to figure out why myself. And they said, oh, it's because of the showers, because they're afraid of a liability, um, liability. and having people <laughs> congregate in the showers. Now anyone knows you go to a big beach it's not a big wriggling seething mass of people who are all um, you know congregated together usually they're in their social spaces anyway and at least at the very least you know this is a huge thing for the health of Hong Kong yeah. uh, both uh, physical and mental and the ability to be able to get out it's proven in many countries already that people need to have outdoor uh, exposure. They need to be able to do physical um, recreation and sports. And Hong Kong has some of the greatest beaches around. And now we have also one of the best, safest cities because of the great controls they've had. So um, just having access, I mean, if, if there really is no need for everyone to have a shower. So I True. think everyone would be very happy to go to the beach and You, you said liability, Doug, that's and that's the word that sort of stuck with me. So the bits that they manage, the bits that it, the government manages, um, it's like a no-go area. But it's kind of um, a different issue to the should people be congregating on the beaches anyway. We'll just stick with this one. Um, the news the news reports always say oh, they're closed. We forget about the fact that they're not. Really? Right. Well, the, 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 the public beaches, which are the gazetted beaches, which are run by the LCSD, Leisure and Cultural Services Department, are the ones who function with the, uh, with the showers. So when you have it outside of a shark net, 
that is not a gazetted beach and that is where people have been accessing the water. So obviously people have been doing that. They've been hiking. Everyone is on trails. They're in the mountains. So why are the shark netted areas uh, still closed? And uh, there's a great thing that Australia has done. Uh, which is swim and go, and there's no reason you can't do swim, just, just paddle, shout. surf and go. Yeah. You can, you're not going to linger on the beach for hours and hours in big groups, but certainly to have access to go do your swimming and go do your sports should be something that Hong Kong is happy to uh, promote and adopt as a health standard for Hong Kong. It's, it's like assumes that you're going to use their facilities, their shower and, and this kind of stuff. Which, which That's quite, correct. Not everybody does. Well, do you reckon, uh, let's talk about the gathering of people, right? Do you reckon the beach closers help to reduce the number of public gatherings uh, and, you know, protect people? Do you reckon? Uh, well, the first thing is that they're all outdoors, so that's already a benefit to um, this issue because you're not in a confined environment. So uh, I don't, you know, the science is maybe not there. It's not clear to understand, but exactly. as I said before, a lot of people, when they sit at the beach, they're not going to cuddle up next to some group that they don't know just because of social norms anyway. So you, by default, you almost have distancing in the groups that you would go to the beach with uh, that are most likely your family or yeah. your friends. As soon as you get in the water, there's there's no distancing issue whatsoever because people are swimming in their in their respective spaces. So I think it's I think it was a knee jerk reaction that yeah. can be really happily and proudly fixed if if they were able to say, okay, we're coming back. Now, of course, the beaches are crowded. That means there's parking issues. Um, you know, the police had to regulate all the different people who wanted to go out and use them. The thing that's to our advantage now is that it's not the summer. And typically, uh, the psychology in many parts of Asia is that once summer is over, you don't go to the beach very much. The clock goes tick, so, and yet people do go to the beaches because they, well, they, they reckon it's they the They do go, but it's not, it's not in this, well, uh, those who like to go out know that, but mm -hmm. the general population often thinks of the summer and the summer holidays as the time to flock to the beach, not October or mm -hmm. November. I know your big thing is the sea and activities on the sea. We'll get into that in a second. What's your take on the swimming pool deal as opposed to the beach deal? Well, uh, that's a great thing. You've got a confined environment, which is a closed um, pool uh, indoors. Usually there's some outdoor, mostly the, the locker rooms are all indoor. And then you've got showers in the locker rooms. And those are much more often uh, close together, you sure. could say, than the ones outdoors at the LCSD facilities. So there's no uh, record that I've ever heard of of any transmission via a pool or a shower. Uh, and that many of Western countries have looked into this. So you know, that now that they have opened the pools, uh, it's perfect uh, time to open up the outdoors because the, the risks are much, much less than something inside. Do you know much about the theory that UV light is very helpful in sorting out viruses? This one. Well, uh, I, be I believe it's possible. It kill, it's known to kill all types of germs. Um, the, the pool, a lot of the pools here are great because they don't have chlorine and they use ozone. And ozone is one of the um, ways to, to kill the germs and the bacteria. Um, I don't know how that works in, the, in airborne particles. I'm not a scientist sure. for that, but uh, there's certainly ozone. I mean, UV can 
have a lot of benefits on the health side for for killing yeah let's talk about your work for a bit doug uh you have been organizing kinds of activities to do with water for a long long time how's it affected you i mean business-wise i suppose or, or or if you had to change your game plan what's the deal no well we run an ngo on on plastic waste and and helping the health of the ocean and animals and i guess in one way uh, COVID's done a couple things. It's shown people that the earth can recover if it's given some time. Uh, we've all seen different uh, angles of nature and uh, in different countries. And in fact, yesterday, you won't believe it, but I saw two swimming boars swimming to Round <laughs> Island in Repulse Bay when I was paddling. Um, We're seeing things we haven't seen nature, before. Nature's <laughs> coming out and they're celebrating because the humans are hiding. So. You know, uh, and then we have all the waste. We have the COVID waste, the PPE waste, all of the disposable masks and the packages they go in. And a lot of companies now are really trying to figure out how to make themselves better and more engaged uh, on the right side of things with a good story when they come out of the gates uh, in a post-COVID or a, a new COVID era. Mm. And so in many ways, we're actually more busy and the people are trying to figure out how do we deal with all the food waste from the, from the, uh, you know, the food deliveries? How can we get into more reusable masks? Um, the ocean is, is still, you know, having problems. One of the issues is when you get the fear of contamination into the waste system, the waste handlers and the recyclers in, in many countries don't want to touch those things. So psychologically, if you see a little uh, face mask, which is known to not be able to carry bacteria after five days if the surface doesn't have a host, uh, if that's been there for 10 days, someone still won't pick it up psychologically because they think mm, it might be contaminated. So now we have all these waste system uh, flow of the generation of materials that may not now get to the recycling system, not that a mask would, but um, even even normal collection has been hindered. And we have to really think about that globally as we come out of this. Yeah. Doug, something that you wrote, um, something along the lines of how Hong Kong can be one of the world's healthier cities. You talk about an open coastline. This is basically all of the above we've been mentioning, an open coastline. Right. So, you know, Hong Kong... Uh, the reason Hong Kong's here is because of its port and beautiful harbor. I mean, otherwise we wouldn't have these great uh, historic assets of the fishing villages and the trading that came through here. Yeah. But it also, because of that, has the mountains, uh, or as it is the mountains and the ocean, which are the two biggest assets of Hong Kong. Mm. And And here we should be taking pride in that and really trying to use it as much as possible to make this city healthy. Mm. And so within restrictions, that that's okay, but we shouldn't just close it off uh, because we're fear of, of um, you know, some small, very small percentage of some something happening. Uh, I think everything we've now opened has probably a, a much greater percentage of something uh, happening rather than a beach at this point. So, um, you know, I don't know if you remember the movie Cocoon. Do you remember that I movie? Do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For those who haven't seen it, it's about an, uh, a group of senior citizens who basically said enough with some of these regulations where they live they're going to go have fun and they yeah. go out and they they go jogging and they go swimming and they do all these great activities for the last years of their lives and this is exactly what happens every morning in Deepwater bay with the uh, people who've been swimming there for decades yeah. and the government cut them off in july but they started coming back 
in August and September, and now they realize that if they come in before 9 a.m., when the pool is, when the beach is quote unquote open, yes. they can all do their cocoon swimming and have a great time and see all their friends. So and it's all about these rules and things that only happen at a certain time. We People have us believe that the virus is more dangerous after certain o'clock and before certain o'clock, it's okay. It's another one of these things. That's correct. And so I think it's just maybe a mistake. Maybe it had, the, the beaches don't have a big voice here. It's not like the F&B lobby. It's not like the, uh, you know, uh, restaurant lobby or the gym lobby, um, we, but it's a it's a very significant component to Hong Kong's uh, health system when yeah. you can allow the access for people to be able to get out and and recreate and get this outdoor period, especially now, you know, in these new times. You got it. Let's talk a little bit about your stuff. I mean, he, he he's hardcore. He's not just a guy that arranges the odd thing. You've been doing this for 15 years or so. But tell me about your recent success, the Marathon Swimming Hall of Fame. Well done. Well, but I've, I've been organizing open water swims in Hong Kong for about 15 years now. Uh, this is the first year we won't have our big clean half swim and that clean half swim used to be uh, was called that because it was a clean half of Hong Kong Island oh, yeah. from Stanley to Deepwater Bay 15 kilometers uh, but COVID uh, put a, a, a slowdown to that event for this year sure. but um, I got nominated because I, I guess because of my work with bringing sports and environment together um, to try to bring events uh, to be more uh, more green and to get people out into the water and, yeah. and touching uh, the environment that where they will then get, go protect when they're when they're doing their activities. That's amazing news. You know, um, you mentioned the animals coming out to play. We've seen all sorts of stories all over the world of, of creatures turning up where they wouldn't normally be. People have commented that the skies are nicer here. What about inside? the water you've been talking about covid trash and ppe and this that and the other is it still the same in the sea uh well the the trash you mean uh, yeah basically are you seeing are you seeing a, a marked improvement um in the sea that we've seen with that there's very often less pollution here and things are getting right. greener because it's not all you know it's not all systems go at the moment yeah, well, you know, the, Hong Kong is uh, influenced quite a bit by the, the by the summer winds and tides, but mostly the southern winds that bring material from a different part of the Pearl River Delta. Yeah, um, and that a lot of that waste comes anyway because we have large populations around the world and we have big rains in this part of the world, and that gets into the rivers and the waterways very quickly. So. Yeah. I haven't seen any decrease in that. Um, I did see an interesting image I wish I had a chance to take a picture of. It was a, a face mask floating with at least 20 crabs grabbed onto it as their little lifeboat. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, a few weeks ago, Merrin Pierce we, was down, uh, he was just at the harbour, and it was a really still, clean day. And he said, yes, it looks beautiful down here, and the water in the harbour looked okay, you know. He said, but don't forget, because there's not much current, there's not much wind, all of the junk is just sitting there in the bottom. It's not going anywhere. <laughs> well, I've, I have had, we've seen, just like the sky, some incredibly clear waters uh, in the last few months. And part of that's maybe because of temperature difference. The maybe temperatures have so. been a bit different, and so the water temperature, the algae doesn't grow. Yeah. We haven't had the red tides in the summer quite as much this year. So it, it's a, I think it's a great wake-up call, um, you know, that the earth can rebound and the ocean can rebound. 
if we give it a chance. And so it, hopefully coming out of this, but, but that mean, doesn't mean we should not use it. And it doesn't mean we should not have access to it. And it doesn't mean we should edu not educate the youth to appreciate uh, being able to swim and paddle and surf and get out in these times which are trying for everyone. Okay, it's all very confusing. Doug, you know more about it than most people. What do you see in the short term when it comes to the beaches? What do you think might happen? Well, I, I think it would be a great story for, for, for National Day and for the upcoming holiday to say you can swim, paddle, surf, and go. Yeah, wouldn't And it be? open the beach, and you, you can't congregate there for more than 30 minutes, but you can go and you can get out and have that experience, and I think that will people are still going to be wearing masks and that's great and mm -hmm. people can still um, keep their distancing rules but the, but we sense. shouldn't just shut off one of these huge you know Hong Kong doesn't have too many open areas so yeah. you go to the beach and you see the water and there you get open open space for your your mentality to look at that is very positive for a lot of people who might have been going through a lot in this period. I hope you're right. Really quickly, Doug, where do you want people to go online to find out more about your work? Uh, our website is oceanrecov.org, like Ocean Recovery, and our group's Ocean Recovery Alliance. We have a few websites, but uh, that's, that's the main, the that's the mothership. And uh, we look forward to seeing everyone on the water, and we hope that the government's listening because we think this is really going to be embraced by the population across all sports communities and and just the general population who who will who will appreciate yeah. being able to get out again and see the water i think everybody listening is going to be agreeing with you doug thank you so much for your time that's doug woodring right here on the morning